Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm thrilled to be in the studio each and every week uh, learning some stories about some women uh, in the Philadelphia area and across the country as well. And I'm very happy to be joined today by Lisa Butler. Lisa is the head of Enterprise Solutions Enablement at eBay Enterprise. And um, thank you for coming in, thank first you, of all. And I'm going to let Lisa kind of uh, tell us a little bit about what Enterprise Solutions Enablement is. Thank you. So Enterprise Solutions Enablement is a team of people that support the sales activities at eBay Enterprise. Okay. Very, very nicely said. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll get into more, uh, you know, what exactly, um, you know, that entails a little bit later in the interview. But I wonder if you can give our listeners um, a little bit about your background and growing up years, uh, both in um, Maryland Mm -hmm. and throughout the East Coast as you traveled because your dad was in the Navy. Okay, so I'm going to tell you as much as I can remember. I've got some some hazy patches and spots, but we'll talk more about that later. So um, I came from a pretty modest family where my parents both had full-time jobs. Uh, they both took time from their jobs to go back to school to get their master's degree, each one helping each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I got my um, foundation of really wanting to be um, educated fully and and go off into the future. Um, I do remember that we moved a lot because my father was in the Navy and started school uh, a new year in a different school for a couple of years, which was tough, but good, I think, at build strength in my character, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I also remember that um, with my dad working full-time and my mom working full-time, my dad would pick us up from uh, daycare, and uh, my mom had already gone off to her work, and we would come home and cook together. So there was always a parent in the home um, taking care of us. Yeah. So it was great. And you have siblings. I do. I have a younger brother and two younger sisters. Okay. Family of four. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's jump ahead a little bit and um, talk about uh, where you went to high school and and the event that took place um, when you were a freshman that really um, is a big part of your story mm-hmm. and and what has shaped you along the way. So I went to high school at Centennial in Ellicott City, Maryland, and from there graduated and went to the University of Maryland. And in my first year of school, I was hit head-on by a drunk driver who was trying to commit suicide. That's a heavy story. It was. Yeah. But it um, was a pivotal point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, before the car accident, I was probably like every typical high school kid getting ready for their first year of college and not paying attention and not focused. And um, the accident stopped me. And uh, made me think about what was I doing and where was I trying to go. Mm-hmm. And um, it was pretty significant. I had a serious head injury. I um, broke a lot of bones in my face with a concussion. And um, I'm 
lots of broken other broken bones so i had a lot of time to think yeah um and and think about where i was going and what my behavior was was driving me towards yeah i know that um because of the accident there you do have issues with memory and mm-hmm. there's some pockets of you know your life as a young girl that you just don't recall um it's a fascinating story to me for many reasons and um we had an opportunity to speak prior to this interview um, at an event at eBay. And you talked about um, the, the weeks that you were there in the hospital and really um, the the thought process that you had, this, this experience allowed you to think about what it was you wanted to do in life. Mm-hmm. Do you, re- you do remember those weeks. And, and talk do. about the, those thoughts and feelings that you were having as you were there being treated. So um, a lot of time was spent with doctors and therapists, and a lot of it was around what I wasn't going to be able to do. So they um, questioned if I would be able to go back to school. Um, They questioned if I could write again, if I was going to be able to walk normally again. And I had just decided that I was going to take control of that situation and that I was going to get out of bed and that I was going to be running again, and that I was going to run again, which is something that I really love doing, and that I was going to get back to my life, a better life that I had, you know, worked out for myself, mm-hmm. more more focused and directional. And what kind of support did you have during that time as far as um, family, friends, people kind of, you know, rooting for you? Yeah, what was great is that I had um, a ton of friends from high school that came and visited me in the hospital, um, some uh, fainted. Some didn't like to be there. I yeah. think it was the smell and all of that stuff. But they came, yeah. um, even though they knew that they were afraid to visit me and support me and tons of cards and letters. And when I was in rehab, I got visits. And then even home, I was home uh, on bed rest for a while. Mm-hmm. I had uh, tons of visitors there. So great community support and family support, which was also what helped me get through that. Yeah. Although when I look at you and I and I see you and we've only known each other a very short time, mm-hmm. sometimes there are people who are, are suffering or, or their patients, uh, they're going through something and they're the ones that are strong for everyone around them. And then there are those, I think, that really kind of need that um, lifting up and their community, their network are the strong ones and help them. Mm-hmm. And and. I wonder if you can describe for me how that was for you, because I get the sense that you were the one, first of all, you were obviously determined. You made a decision. Um, You weren't going to let this kind of just break you. Right. And um, I see, you know, in you saying to those around you, you know, I'm going to do this and you're going to come along for the ride. Yeah, that that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Um, There was a time where I was in traction and I just had to get out of bed and stand uh, and I remember uh, getting out of bed and standing and some visitors coming in and everybody just kind of freaking out. But it was, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter when or where, but I'm going to stand and I'm going to walk. Yeah. Now, would you say that this, the accident changed you? As I mean, again, not recalling memories from when you were younger, but mm-hmm. from what you know and what your family says. Did this change you and make you stronger, more determined? Or were you always that way? That's a good question. Um, I know that before that accident, I wasn't on the right path mentally and what I was doing um, and being focused, especially around a career or what my next steps were. 
Although you were only a freshman in college. Oh, I was a child. You were a child. <laughs> Let's exactly. point that Who out. Who knows what You weren't 40 do. and not knowing what you were doing yet. <laughs> That's right. Um, though at 40, I didn't know what I was doing either. <laughs> well, we don't, you know, do we ever really know no, that we're in the right place? Never. No. Um, I, I, think, I think it was a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And I often wonder what I would be like now if I hadn't mm. had that accident. Yeah. Though that's... It's odd to say, and, and, you know, I will probably always suffer from my injuries. I think um, that was an important piece of my life that had to happen to shape who I am today. Yeah. I think those are the times when we, you know, as cliche as it sounds, that everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Um, and even if it didn't, you need to take these experiences and learn from them, yeah. right, to move us forward. So um, you, you know, after you started to heal and become well, mm-hmm. did you go back to high school? You, you did. Well, I was in, it was my first year of college. I'm sorry, your yeah. college, yeah. So um, I, I lost a year. Okay. And then um, went back. Okay. Um, so went back and finished the four years of college. Right. And then went on to nursing school, got my bachelor's in nursing. Okay. So um, I love this story that, you know, you, you got your nursing degree mm-hmm. and you went to work and, and you were going to be a nurse and you worked in uh, critical Shock care. trauma. Yeah. Which is a. Gosh, that's kind of ironic, but that's... Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Very ironic. Um, in fact, I um, went and worked at Shock Trauma in Baltimore, which was the same hospital that I was flown to after my accident. Wow. Yeah, weird. Okay, purposeful? No. I think um, Shock Trauma, at the time when I graduated nursing school, that was the place to be. Okay. If you were a nurse, you know, you wanted to be there. It was very autonomous for nursing. You could... You could do a lot more in that setting than you could in a regular hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, you didn't stay with nursing. You're you're now with eBay. Right. During those years, um, did you have this sense that uh, you know this isn't quite what I thought it would be? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, graduated from nursing and was in a critical care, and it was exciting. But it was every other weekend, every other holiday. And it just wasn't, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So I um, made a decision to change careers and get into clinical research. And uh, that was at Johns Hopkins University. And from there, I decided to go back and get my master's in business at Johns Hopkins. So that was a great decision for me. And you know how we talked about um, things happen for a reason. And and sometimes I thought when I was getting my master's in business, I loved it so much was like, why did I go to nursing school? I should have gone to business school. But again, I think that nursing was good because it tapped into a very empathetic side that I have. And it still gave me building blocks to get, you know, every two years kind of doing something a little bit different, Mm -hmm. leveraging skills that I had in the past to take a different step in a different direction. Yeah. It, it was such a it was such a journey, and you know, timing sometimes is everything. Yeah. So you know, while you were uh, nursing, you were it wasn't the time for you to, to to go into business. And I was still healing um, mentally anyway mm-hmm. with a head injury. You know, I had many years of of um, not feeling well and and being a little angry at the accident. Um, mm-hmm. So it just wasn't time to mm-hmm. be able to focus on that. So yeah. once I got into school, into the MBA, you know, I was on fire. I, I loved school. I did extra credit. You know, if I didn't get an A, I'd go back to my instructor and say, so what do I need to do to get an A? Yeah. Like that was so important to me. Yeah. Whereas in high school, 
didn't really care. Yeah. You know, about that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's terrific. Um, so let's talk about your first job out of John Hopkins. Okay. Where did you go? Um, so I was in a company that did clinical research um, for other large pharmaceutical companies. And at the time, um, I was asked by my boss to look for a software product to help us with resource management. And um, I kind of went out and did something called an RFP, which I didn't know that that's what it was called at the time, a request for proposal, and wrote down the requirements. And um, software companies came in and demonstrated their products, and we selected one and implemented it. And that was my first foray into technology. Mm-hmm. And re- at an exciting time. It was. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, gosh. Do you remember? No. Yeah. <laughs> two, Probably. Two, two thousand, maybe 1990. Yeah. Well, any to me, anything prior to 2000 was um, like this big, you know. It was very exciting and Very new exciting technology. And, yeah, yeah. All of it new. Yes. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like I knew what requirements we had, but I didn't know anything technical. And I loved the experience mm-hmm. um, and the people that I met um, that helped us with the software. And uh, I called up the company after we finished the implementation and launched it. And I said, look, I don't have any technical experience. I can turn my computer on and off. And there was no <laughs> laptops then right. and, and, and all of that. Um <laughs> And I said, but I know who you're selling to, which was the pharmaceutical industry. And I understand project management, which was the software. Mm-hmm. And I said, you really like to work for your company. And in two weeks, they hired me. And I was so excited. Look at you. I Just know. picking up the phone. I don't know anything about this, nothing. but I would like to work for you. <laughs> so um, when I got the job, I was excited. And then I was like, holy cow, I know nothing about the Internet. The buses and hubs and servers, I knew nothing. I was buying um, books and reading books like you wouldn't believe. I bought Internet for Dummies, though nobody knew that but me. (laughs) I did anything I could to try to understand what was this new thing that I was moving into. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, sometimes our interests and curiosity about things are Really what propels us, you yeah. know, to, to be successful and master something. Absolutely. So, you know, you had that interest. You, you didn't know it, but you wanted to I know it. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, great. Yeah. So um, now, how many years were you with the, uh, the, what was the name of that company? That, that, was, that company was company. called um, Business Engine. Business Engine. So, <laughs> so I was there for probably four years um, and then moved on to a company called Primus, which was another software company, mm-hmm. and then moved from Primus to ATG, mm-hmm. which is a software company. And then ATG was acquired by Oracle. Mm-hmm. And then I moved from Oracle to eBay. Now, what what brought about these transitions from, from company to company? Acquisition. Oh, most, okay. most yeah. yeah. So over the last 10 years, um, that technology e-commerce space has gotten smaller but the players have gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, something I find interesting as well is is the fact that you're a female mm-hmm. and you were, you know, in technology, um, male-dominated industry. You know, yeah. there's a lot of talk about that today. We need more women in technology. Right. What do you think it is that, um, I would say, that has held women back? From, I'm sure there's women with, with that interest. And maybe they don't feel that they belong in the technology uh, area because they're female. What right. do you, you know, why do you think you were able to kind of, you know, uh, cross that barrier and other women are not? 
I'm not sure, but I can say that I never gave it a thought that I was a woman trying to be in technology sales. I knew what I could do and what I could do well. And I worked mostly with men, which which I was fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the meetings where we had senior leadership, I was usually the only woman there, and that was okay with me. I think it wasn't until I came to eBay that I realized that it was okay for me, but I need to support other women to get them there to make them feel like they shouldn't have a care that they're the only woman there, or that they should be there and have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a key statement that you made about you never even thought about it. I didn't. I've had many women in here in different roles um, in what was what is historically a male-dominated industry. And, and when I ask that question, nine times out of ten they say, I never even thought about it. Mm. I just did. I was just doing my oh, job. That's neat. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. Um, and something that maybe, you know, should be discussed more in trying to encourage women. And that's, you know, one of the questions I was going to have for you is is what ways can we, um, when we talk about STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, um, and math, help young women to, to believe that they belong there too, yeah. if that's what their gifts are? I think there's a, a couple of ways I think, first of all, there's not enough mentoring of young women now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, um, if we look at men, I think there's a lot of mentoring as young boys. Then they get into college and there's the networks there and then they get out of college and they continue their network. Women are just getting started. Mm-hmm. So they're starting at the work space for networking. But that hasn't trickled down to, you know, 14, 15, 16 at those years that are are most troublesome, right, for mm-hmm. women and trying mm-hmm. to understand what am I doing here and do I look okay and am I okay? Um, those girls should probably be mentored by someone close to the family, another woman, that can help them see the diversity of choices that are out there. Mm-hmm. And Which is why we're doing this. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that happens enough. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that women um, reach out and mentor enough. Um, just in general, whether it's men or women, I think it is hard and it is a battle and we are fighting every day, but we forget that other folks are fighting that same battle mm-hmm. just in different locations. Yeah. I think it's really critical for, uh, you know, just in, in what you're doing here today and, and sharing your story um, behind the title that you hold with a big company mm-hmm. um, really is what inspires other women to 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 come to the belief that they can do it too. Was there a mentor for you throughout your career? I think um, there was, I had several mentors, though they're not really the typical mentor that you would think of. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was, when I finally reached uh, in the technology stage, I was in in sales and um, had a lot of sales leaders surrounding me and they were all men, but um, they did mentor me in a way that they provided an environment where I felt safe, where I could toss ideas out. And they would either say, Lisa, that's really dumb. Don't do that. Or they would say, huh, you might have something there. Mm-hmm. And then I would go and try that idea out on my team or out when we're selling to an opportunity. Um, so that was good mentoring. And there are still those men today that we meet for dinner and I say, look, here's where I am. You know, what do you think? What kind of guidance can you give me? And um, I push people to them. They push people to me. So it, it is mentoring, though. A few years ago, I never 
knew that that's what it was called. I just thought it was, you know, being close with the people that you work with. Yeah, people helping people. Yeah. How did you respond when a colleague, a male colleague, would say to you, Lisa, that's really a dumb idea? Because I knew them, I thought it was good. Because what they were actually doing was... um, coaching me not to do something that that they didn't think would work. Yeah, I I think that's a it's a very important uh part of being resilient is yeah. to be able to accept the criticism. But it, it I think it always feels different coming from a man versus coming from a woman. Maybe. Yeah, you know, just there's this and and again this is one of the things that I think kind of holds women back is when women are rather than mentoring and being supportive and saying come on you can do it too there's a competitive uh nature going on with with the men no with the women I'm, I'm oh. thinking oh with I the see women. what you're saying yeah so in other words and that that always comes from just uh people's own self self-doubt so um rather than um, looking at somebody and saying, I want to be supportive for your success, they're thinking about their own. Mm. And then there's that competitive nature. It's, it's um, you know, I've seen it in uh, a lot in all girls schools, for instance. I, my daughter went to an all girls academy. And um, I think often there's, they are competing for, you know, that top spot as opposed to... And there's only a, a few week, slots. And there's only a few slots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, if you had a daughter, what are some of the things you might say to her for today's world in not letting that kind of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, focus on things that they shouldn't be thinking about. And you mentioned it, appearance, how do I look? You know, what do other people think about me? Right. What advice would you give a, a young woman today to not focus on that? Um, I think it's more than just advice. So if I had a daughter... Um, I would find a uh, a female friend of mine that I would attach her to to say this is someone that you should listen to and and talk to because if she's my daughter she's not going to listen to a word I say right yeah um and and hopefully she would look at me and see you know the the decisions that I've made and seeing that there that there's choices examples examples right. are, yes examples are much more powerful sometimes than words yep yeah. So um, let's talk about eBay Enterprise right. for a couple of minutes. And, and you know, we're talking about uh, women and leadership and, and diversity um, is a hot topic. I think companies are um, focusing on it and, and starting initiatives within their own um, organizations to yeah. try to help. What is eBay doing along those lines? So um, Beth Axelrod, who's the head of HR at eBay, has done some significant work in driving um, diversity awareness at eBay. Um, you've probably seen some of the articles that have come out where eBay is ranking, you know, how many women in technology um, she's developed a program called WIN, which was a women's um, initiative network. And what she's really trying to do is bolster the women, not only in eBay, but in technology, to make them feel like, you know, there is a network of people that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, getting women into leadership is very important. So eBay now is about 50-50, men versus women. But when you start breaking the leadership down... It's, you know, let's say 30% women, 70% men. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been her goal to make sure that everyone is diverse aware, meaning we understand that women need to be mentored to be leaders. But that also goes um, with race as well. 
So mm-hmm. I'm really proud to be working at a company like eBay that is so forward thinking and the leaders are driving um, visibility into into understanding what we need to do to create the best work environment worldwide. Right. And, you know, as a leader, you are a leader within the company. And, um, you know, what you're doing here today, I think, is really instrumental in trying to kind of move that needle. One one of the things that I think about um, often is that is this uh, abundance of women's networking groups. Right. And what exactly is being done at these events? And um, a lo- often it's it's large groups of women in large ballrooms and uh, or small ballroom or boardrooms rather, um, trying to support each other. And I I think that it might be even more strategic to bring men into these conversations mm-hmm. and into these uh, events to not only um, get their perspective but to show women that they support it too. Right. What are your thoughts on that? So when interestingly enough, when they have their yearly event, um, it's all the women leaders within the company, but then they also invite the the, the male leaders as well. Mm-hmm. So um, not only can they get a perspective on women's issues in general, but understanding what's happening at eBay. I remember the feedback from the last meeting um, was that they had no idea. And it was just about the percentages. Right. The percentages externally about women in leadership and then the percentages um, – of leadership of women in eBay. Mm-hmm. Again, just like I said, I wasn't paying attention that I was the only woman at the table. They're not paying attention that women, you know, aren't sitting in the leadership seats. Mm-hmm. But I think in in supporting women, it's more than just going and sitting in a ballroom. I think it's inherent for every woman in every type of leadership position, even if they're just managing a couple of people, to make sure that they're mentoring other folks. And mentoring takes so many different layers and levels. It could be just um, seeing someone that's upset and listening to them. It could be taking someone down the path of understanding what they need to do to get to the right place in their career, helping them create their playbook. Most people never get exposed to what they need to do to set their career path in the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important for me and for all of the women out there that are leaders to take other women and men and help them get down that path. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it is um, really critical to also have men mentoring women because when mm-hmm. a woman hears from a man, you can do it, uh, this is how I did it. And not not necessarily, um, we talk about this often, that women don't need to be men or act like men. Right. Um, they just need to see some of the... Um, the opportunities that they should be kind of paying attention to. Well, I think they need to be aware. Aware, exactly. And they need to be allowed to be in a safe environment where they don't have to be a man to get what they need done. That's right. That they can be nurturing if they're nurturing and they can be strong when they need to be strong. Exactly. What is your um, take on Lean In and and the whole movement with Sheryl Sandberg? Um, I read the book Mm -hmm. and... I really liked it for a couple of reasons. So she and I come from completely different backgrounds. So I didn't have a lot to relate from that perspective. But I felt like if I could take, you know, three to five points away from that book um, and talk to other people about it, then that was valuable. And I actually did get those points. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest one for me um, was just looking at women and behavior, like what 
you do when you walk into a room? Do you come in and sit at a chair outside of the conference table or do you sit at the conference table? Do you um, participate or do you just listen? And she had some great stats and great observations about what women do. And those were the kinds of things that I took within myself to change that kind of behavior and that I talk to other women that I work with about you need to sit at the table. You need to be a part of this conversation Mm -hmm. and don't take no for an answer. Yeah. What I loved about the book and what she was so open in talking about her own uh, fears mm-hmm. and self-doubt and who, you know, who would have thought that Sheryl Sandberg would be sitting at a board table and be afraid to, to raise her hand. Exactly. Yeah. That's the honesty that I think makes a big difference. Yeah. And I think that that kind of leads back to a lot of the work that you're doing, um, just talking to women about things that have happened in their lives and how they don't talk about it to anyone else, but the power of sharing that information about how um, how you're feeling and, and, and being afraid, sharing that with other men and women makes them stronger because they're going to be afraid as well. That's right. They're, that's what they'll connect. They'll mm-hmm. say, gosh, yeah, that's me too. Yep. Um, that's always really powerful. Um, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk to Lisa about some of the techniques that she uses in her job day to day. We'll be right back. Are you the parent of a daughter in middle school? If so, I must tell you about an upcoming event at Mount St. Joseph Academy. As the parent of an alum, I know firsthand the value of their academic excellence, athletic and arts programs. This private, all-girls Catholic high school in Montgomery County provides the foundation our daughters need to go on to leadership roles at top universities and future careers. I know my daughter did. To register for the open house, go to msjacad.org backslash open house. And be sure to ask about their financial assistance and scholarship programs when you visit msjacad.org backslash open house. Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the City of Light. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip, or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Chloe Johnston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejohnston.com for more information. Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch. And this week, I'm joined in the studio by Lisa Butler. Lisa is the head of Enterprise Solutions Enablement at eBay Enterprise here in King of Prussia. And um, I wanted to talk, you know, get into exactly what you do day to day. You know, what is your job like? What are you going to do when you leave here today? (laughs) (laughs) And again, as a leader, you're working with a lot of people. You're coaching, you're consulting, you're um, collaborating. And I'd love to know about some of the techniques that, that you use when you're working with the people that are under you. 
Okay. As from a, a management and coaching yeah, perspective? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I think first I need to start with myself because if I'm not whole as a leader, then my people can't be whole. Right. And so um, something that I've started just in the last year is making sure that I block out time, quiet time for myself. Good. Yeah. Um, something new. Usually I'm on the phone from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Mm, you know, good. you don't eat. Other bodily functions go awry. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm blocking out that time now. And even if I don't take it, it's a comfort that I've got two hours blocked on a Wednesday that I should be working out, but I might be taking phone calls or just reading, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. And so um, with the folks that I mentor and my team, I try to make sure that they're thinking about that too. Because we're in a, a a company that's that's driving hard in a in a world, you know, commerce is tough mm-hmm. and the competition is fierce, mm-hmm. and we're coming up with new solutions and breaking new ground, and it it's an all day, all night, all weekend kind of job, and um, work life balance is impossible to have mm-hmm. it's it's so mm-hmm. i don't i don't even say you need to get work life balance because it's there something they any. can't even get that's right i agree so it's really about blocking out time i don't care if you you know take off friday doesn't matter because i know that they're working saturday and sunday to get to get what they need done yeah what would you say is the biggest difference in commerce because of technology um that might be a loaded question, but, yeah. you know, it is extremely competitive and there's this constant um, changing day to day, you know, just when you get kind of familiar and comfortable with a, with a program. Something new happens. An hour later, there's a new yeah. tool, you yeah. know. Yeah. So what would you say? Let's, let me rephrase the question. What do you think is the advantage uh, when it comes to commerce with you know, the ability for technology and, and what would you say is, is one of the de- negatives? I think the advantage is, is that each innovation, it changes how we all shop, which is very interesting and, and how um, buyers and sellers come together. So the technology first was focused on how do I set up stores? Then it went to how do I sell things online? Now it's how do I just sell things, whether it's online, in a store, from a warehouse? And so each year brings a new way to look at um, e-commerce and selling. And not only um, is it within the U.S., but it's now in Europe, and now it's in um, Africa and Asia. Um, so the economy gets broader and stronger through commerce, and the technology has to change based on where you are. So how we shop in the United States is going to be very different from how they shop in Australia or Asia just because you can't you can't load a truck full of stuff and drive it in China. It's it's too hard. Right. Um so commerce will always be amazing and interesting and ever evolving and I'm pretty sure that's why I'm still in commerce mm-hmm. um, and why I have a team of strong people that are loving it as well. Yeah. And there's this whole other piece of um, analytics and numbers and tracking. Data. And data. Data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded data. How many clicks and, you yeah. know, um, uh, SEO. And that's a big piece. So I think what it, I think when I think about 
technology, it's brought on all these different roles, right? There's all these different moving parts. Who ever heard of enterprise solutions enablement? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So so your job still excites you. You find it's it's fantastic. And and I think it always will, just because commerce is ever changing. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the maybe new exciting things that eBay Enterprises is doing? Sure. Well I I touched a little bit on um omni channel. So that's the buzzword that's out there about um, having visibility, merchants having visibility into their inventory um, no matter where it is. Usually they have visibility in their warehouse, but they have no idea what's going on in the stores. Mm -hmm. So as a consumer, or you as a consumer, if you want a red sweater, size small, you don't know or care where it comes from. You just want it um, either delivered to you or pick it up in a store. You know, it just doesn't matter. And so what eBay Enterprise is focusing on is giving the tools to merchants to allow not only that visibility to inventory, um, but also servicing the consumer exactly the way they want to be serviced. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I just Google small red sweater and I have a million options. Yes, you do. Yeah. Then it's narrowing down the options, right, to exactly how can you get it? Can you pick it up as you're leaving the office? Do you want it delivered to your home in two days or next day? Yeah, it, it really does come down to the ease of that purchase, mm-hmm. right? So um, companies need to kind of figure out what, you know, whether the programming is one piece of it, but how does it, how does it flow for the buyer? Um, it's all about the consumer journey. Yeah. So I would say, you know, when you think about the complexity of technology, would you say that in commerce in general, it always does come back down to the basics of Mm -hmm. the product itself and the people in the culture of the company? That's right. And and what's great about being in eBay is that um, it really is about about bringing buyers and sellers together. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the consumer journey. What is the consumer looking for? and what's the best quality product that we can get for them? Yeah. Um, when you think about your future, mm-hmm. and um, it's wonderful that you're working in a job that you enjoy and it's challenging. Yeah. Um, do you ever think about something down the road, uh, you know, something in the future that would be a change from what you're doing now? You know, when I speak to folks who wonder how I got to where I was, um, it wasn't planned. So each change was just brought about by being exposed to a new opportunity and deciding to take that chance. So I have to say, I have no idea uh, what's going to happen in the future. But what I do know is when it arrives, I will know that 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 is the right next step to take. I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, that's all, that's awesome. Because you're it, it's the openness, right? Mm-hmm. To to wanting to be um, challenged and and learn something new. I think that's so important. Absolutely. Um, and and positivity, of course, because life is hard, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we could find something every day to complain about mm-hmm. and really be down about. But in the grand scheme of things, life is good. Life is good. What do you do outside of work to, I know that you're, you're an exerciser. Do you do yoga? I do. And you run? Love yoga. A little bit of running. You're very adventurous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you rock climb and (laughs) what are some of the things that you do to Um, de-stress? Yoga, hot Mm -hmm. yoga. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And weightlifting and and Mm -hmm. working out. I used to do a little CrossFit, but got an injury. So I'm kind of pulling back away from that. Okay. A little too aggressive. Yeah. 
Um, but and then family and friends. Yeah. So the 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 work life balance non-existent. It's a, there's a lot of work. Um, but other than that, it's family, friends, and and getting healthy. Yeah. Are there are there um, any lasting effects from the accident that you feel today, or are you, you know, a hundred percent head injury wise, all good, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, just arthritis, I think, mm. with the broken bones and such. But I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm an example of a modern technology and healing and and perseverance. So. I feel really good about yeah. where I am. That's great. The The strength training is key. Absolutely. Yeah. Always lift weights. Always lift weights. I do a little of this every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, just to backtrack, um, when we talk about women in leadership and, and mentoring and what we can do, um, there's, there's a lot of studies that are coming out now that speak directly to the... Um, economic success of companies that do have diversity. And that, I think, is very key when we want to present to men why we need more women, you know, on boards. Um, Do you have any of these conversations with the men that you work with at eBay about, you know, the leadership and why it's important other than just, you know, fairness, we need more women, you know? No, I, I, I don't have those discussions. I think I I believe that that women will become leaders as they work hard and be themselves. I don't think trying to get men to understand that women should be leaders is really the 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 right avenue because it's not it's not convincing enough. I do know that if if men are mentoring women this is a great step in the right direction because they're going to get that one-on-one experience about how strong this person is and what their great ideas are that they may not be heard in a, in a larger audience. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about a um, an instance where you may have mentored somebody, a success story maybe where you've you know helped out a, a woman, hmm. a colleague, and, and how she... I have a great story. Good. Yeah. Um, I had a, a woman who I knew just kind of back and forth, very friendly. And she came into my office one day and she was devastated because she was having problems breaking through to her boss and um, was just feeling like the weight of the world was on her shoulders and, and just she had reached her limit. And I just said, you know, hold on a minute. You know, how, what are you doing? How are you taking care of yourself? When's the last time you looked at your resume? When's the last time you asked people about your leadership style? What do you know about yourself? And none, you know, she was just working 24 hours a day trying to do the right thing. And she had forgotten about building up her own, you know, self-esteem and self-awareness. So we probably um, spent the last six months one-on-one her reaching out to folks that she trusts, colleagues and friends and family, understanding what are my strengths and weaknesses, and then looking through that to find out what do I need to focus on, what do I need to think about changing. We worked on her LinkedIn profile. Um, we've worked on how does she um, take time for herself. And the woman that I saw that first day versus the woman that I see now is completely different, and she's so confident now. Um, She's still struggling, like Mm -hmm. we all struggle with Mm -hmm. day-to-day politics. Making decisions. Making decisions, but she's so much stronger 
within her own self um, that I, I really believe that she's destined for great things, and I'm really proud of her. What, what do you think you did differently um, from other people? You know, people come to people for advice. Sure. And we always say, you know, you need to believe in yourself. And what do you think it was that, that you did differently that actually made her take action? Um, I, I made it a, a plan of sorts. So each, every other week we would meet and I would have very distinct things that I wanted her to do and to think about. And then we would talk about it and then she would take that information and apply it to the next thing that I asked her to do. So it became more um, evolving instead of just read this article. This was continual conversation and coaching and mentoring and laughing, mm-hmm. right, and crying over, you know, things that she had discovered about herself or that she was learning. Um, so I don't know if I did anything differently. I just gave guidance and did a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's really all it takes. Yeah, listening and validating, mm-hmm. you know, what someone's feeling. And sharing my own weaknesses and foibles to make right. her laugh to know that, you know, it's not all roses. It's yeah. hard. You know, um, I, I mentioned the event that we did at eBay, and, and I think, and c- correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was the first time you kind of opened up about yeah, your personal about my struggles. Accident. Yeah, with that uh, room full of women. <clears throat> Excuse me. And some of them, uh, th- or many of them, worked for you, directly mm-hmm. under you. Did you see any, was there any direct um, feedback from any of those women fi- listening to your story and learning more about who you are and, and why you work the way that you do? I, they obviously had no idea about about my past. So, you know, they expressed surprise mm-hmm. that I was where I was after after being in, in, a, in a critical car accident. But they also said it made perfect sense about um, my drive. Um, so really, really nice feedback from, from that presentation that yeah. made me aware that I should feel comfortable in sharing those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Certainly not broadcasting it, but right. sharing every it in day, the all right day long. moment um, for the right reason. Yeah, I, I think it, it's so important um, in the workplace for relationships, and relationships are everything. It's, yeah. it's what will hold someone back or motivate somebody. And when people are real and show their real self, like you said, at the right moments, mm-hmm. often it's just a one-on-one opportunity. It doesn't have to be in a big, grand way. Um, amazing things can happen. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, tell me, um, you know, when you think about your future get with eBay, yeah. is there, um, do you have aspirations to move into different roles there? I do want to be a stronger leader within the organization. And I would like to sit at the table mm-hmm. to help the company make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so that has been my goal. And like I coached and mentored um, folks within my company, I'm coaching and mentoring myself on how to get there. So I've been um, reasonably aggressive in telling people what I want, mm-hmm. which was the first step, and then um, letting them know why I deserve to be there. My guess is it will happen because <laughs> one of the most important things is to say what you want. That's right, and ask for it. And ask for it. And is it difficult to get a place at the table? It is very difficult to get a place at the table. Yeah. Why? Well, there's only so many seats. <laughs> so, um, and are they all young at the table? <laughs> no, they're all men, though. They're all men. Yeah. 
So I, I'm, I'm driving towards it and, and I believe I'll get there. And look, if I can't get it there, I'm going to make eBay Enterprise successful and then I'll find that seat somewhere else. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of the activities that, that Wynn is doing um, with the women within eBay? Um, I, I'm assuming there's workshops, maybe speakers. Are there any other there's a, events? There's a yearly event, and then um, each of the so, – I mean, eBay's huge. Mm-hmm. How so, many? How many? Uh, 10,000 people. Okay. Eight? A yeah, lot. It's big. Um, lots of offices. So it's um, – centralized but it's also decentralized within offices so i haven't experienced it but i know that there's lean-in groups um throughout some of the ebay offices where men and women get together and talk about um diverse issues and leadership and that sort of thing and then there's also fractions of things called wit so women in technology Mm -hmm. so it's kind of an offshoot connected to win but more focused on uh, women in technology leadership yeah, I think that I think we're seeing, you know, when I just think about the young women, uh, the high school that my daughter went to and my kids are in college now and there are more young women going into technology. Yeah. And because they're hearing that they can and they should. And there's this creative piece that's so important in technology. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, typically women have that. So um, we only have a few minutes left. I wanted to to just give you an opportunity to talk directly to the women about um, if they're listening mm-hmm. and they're somebody who uh, maybe are in a career that they, they feel it's not the right place for them, it's not where they should be, um, what's a first step that they could take to exploring other opportunities? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think one of the first things that I would say is um, create a playbook for yourself. And what I mean by that is really taking stock in who you are, the skills that you've developed, and start to try to identify where you want to go. It's amazing with most men and women that I talk to, they're in a job, but they have no idea what their next step is or what is their career path. What do they want to do? Um, Also thinking about how others are perceiving them. So Almost everyone has a LinkedIn profile, but when's the last time you went in and updated it? When's the last time you had someone read it and tell have to have them tell you what they think about it? Mm-hmm. How much do you collaborate on LinkedIn? Do you tweet? Um, do people listen to your tweets? Um, so it's all about what is your persona within the work environment? Because you have to stand up and be noticed. It's kind of like what what is your personal brand? That's right. That's yeah. right. And and so the work that I do with a couple of people that I mentor really is around building their personal brand, mm-hmm. really trying to dig into what gets them excited and motivated and, and wanting to do more. And once they can tap into that, that then becomes, you know, the the branding then just is. And they don't have to make anything up or decide that, you know, they're in the right career or the wrong career. It just starts to unfold in front of them. And it's really exciting to watch. Yeah. What is your take on social media? Um, in other words, you know, you can't not be um, engaging with people on a, on a grand uh, scope today because we can with mm-hmm. social media. And sometimes it's difficult. You know, what 
what is my role and what should I be putting out there? Um, who really wants to hear what I have to say? Right. But there's also that very critical piece that you need to be, you know, putting information you need out, to be there, out there. You need to be out there so people know what you're doing. What What are some of the, the pros and cons you see with social media and how people should address it? So I'm pretty conservative around social media. Um, so I love LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but it's just for business. Right. Um, Which is good. It's so it very specific. It has to be just for business. Yes. Never do, never connect with people on Facebook that are business, right? Facebook is family and friends. LinkedIn is just for work. Mm-hmm. Um, tweeting. If you're, if you give out your handle, it should just be for work. Only, you know, only tweeting about things that are relevant to work. Um, so I'm pretty conservative. There's a lot of folks out there that, that tweet and chat about lots of things that aren't work related. Right. So well, there's also good opportunities when, you know, if you're researching and finding some really good information to share that. Yeah. Um, I love sharing TED Talks. Yeah. TED Talks Twitter. are great. Yeah. You should do a TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a Susan Talk right now. You are. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, especially for women who are, there's a lot of women entrepreneurs right now. Um, and I think that's just, be, you know, the economy kind of took a turn and people started to fear their positions with big corporations. And it's risky. It but is risky. I, it, it's risky. But I see women, you know, kind of looking to themselves and thinking, you know, I, I'm just going to start my own business. But what is it that differentiates success from not, you know, the non-successful entrepreneurs. You know, there's a lot of women starting companies that are product-based, mm-hmm. and again, extremely competitive. What do you think makes one woman's product, and it could be the same product that's being sold by, you know, ten other competitors? Um, what takes her to the next level versus somebody who kind of stays stagnant? I think you could apply the same principles to anyone coming to market with a product but is there a product need what kind of marketing that you're doing and are you are you filling a need or solving a problem and if you can if you can answer yes to those two things you're going to do quite well and how about the importance of bringing a team around you mm-hmm. i think in the beginning it's always hard there's there's no money there so you're doing everything by yourself you know, five different parts of the business and you're running them here, you know, jumping around. I guess it's important to find the right people to bring into your team and your, kind of... Your team is everything. Your team is everything. Yeah. I am. I have a, a team of people within eBay Enterprise that I would not be sitting in front of you today if they didn't show up every day and work as hard as they did. They are amazing. So it is about the team. Do you focus your efforts a lot on making them feel that they that they are we're all in this together? There's not this hierarchy mm. of levels. I'd like to think I do. Um, I I care about them a lot, um, and we have calls where we talk about where we're going and what we're doing. And you know, sometimes it's really hard, and so that's when you say we're we're changing an organization. Hang in there. It's hard, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, that's and that's another uh, important piece. I think work can be fun and should be fun. Absolutely. Right? At the same time, you're working hard. There's no reason it should be this drudgery. You know, every day going in doing these tasks. Mm-mm. If you're if you're looking to be innovative, that's always more exciting. That's exactly right. Yeah. What did you uh, by any chance attend the Pennsylvania Conference for Women this year? I didn't, but eBay Enterprise did. Um, they did. And what is your take on an event like that? 
the, you know, what are the pluses of, of holding those types of events? That's a huge event. That's a lot of people. Um, for me, I think it's exposing a ton of folks to the individual speakers that uh, were presenting and mm-hmm. kind of telling their story a lot like what you do is getting folks to tell their stories so that people can engage and listen and and connect. And learn. And learn. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, I've had several authors on my show mm-hmm. and um, women are great writers. Um, is there any books that you've read that you would recommend to our listeners that you think are, are good kind of self-motivating books, self-help books, I should say? The, the Lean In book was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those women um, that have children, I've recommend um, Getting to 50-50 by Sharon Mears, who um, is, works for eBay um, as well. And uh, she's uh, been a great mentor to me. And she is all about um, helping women understand that they can have uh, family life and be extremely successful at work. Yeah. And again, it's not, there is no balance. There's no such thing. No such thing. Yeah. It's about kind of focusing, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever task you're doing at the moment, I think you need to be all there Yep. Um, and try not to be, you know, thinking about other things and tasks that need to be done. That, that takes practice. It does. You know, that's that mindfulness that, that we talk about um, a lot in the me- in media, which is why yoga is so good. <laughs> I think it should. I think yoga should be mandatory. I do too for everyone. For, for everyone. Um, I actually have a sister in law who's starting to teach yoga in the schools. Oh wow! And I think it's fantastic. I didn't know they did it in school. Well, it's it's a new thing, and and I'm gonna. She doesn't know this, but I'm gonna have her on the show <laughs> to talk about it. She's gonna kill me. But no, I mean, in the stressful world that we live in, to teach kids at a young age to be mindful is is going to be uh, or just taking sixty minutes to turn off all the voices. Exactly, turn it off. Yeah. Um, that's all we have for today, Lisa. I'm I so really appreciative. This. Thank I'm you. glad. I'm glad. I, I thank you for taking time out of what I know is a really busy schedule to come in and share your story. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch. Again, my name is Sue Rocco. And if you'd like to get in touch with me to learn more about the show, feel free to reach out to womentowatch.net. And that's women, the number two, watch.net. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Have a great week. 